0: Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Holy Habits, a podcast from St. John's Lafayette Square journeying through Advent and Christmas. I'm your host, Reverend Savannah Ponder. In these conversations, we explore the disciplines we need to live our faith here and now. This is an exploration into the shape of a life well-lived that is a life oriented to receiving the gift of belonging to God. Today, I'm with the Right Reverend Chilton Knudsen, the Assisting Bishop in the Diocese of Washington. She's here today to talk with us about the practice, and in fact, one of the Ten Commandments even, to keep the Sabbath holy. Welcome Bishop Chilton. Very glad to have this conversation with you today. Thank you, Savannah. As a way of beginning, uh, is there a particular image of God that's resonating with you right now?
1: The image of God is is drawn from a beautiful sermon I heard preached where someone was talking about the word Mm -hmm. as we are in Advent and Christmas, we're thinking so very much of the word made flesh. Uh, What does that part, that word mean? And I know from my little bit of Greek that I studied in seminary that the word for word in Greek is logos. And so I did a little word study on that And I heard a sermon some years ago, and what the sermon said was, the word is God's Mm self-revelation. God's declaration about who, not only who God is in the sense of of sort of a name, but also imparting the fullness of what God's nature is. And so the word, word, is very real for me right now in this season, and it's not quite an image. It's more like a sound in my ear.
0: Uh, you know, it's uh, it's not
1: it's not like a visual image, it's yes. more like an auditory image. And so I keep realizing that the word who is Jesus Christ permeates everything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on my balcony at night looking on a clear night at the stars. We have we're out kind of in the middle of the boonies here in our particular continuing care retirement community. And I I find myself wanting to simply say the word of God as I'm out Mm -hmm. there hearing the night sounds and looking at the stars. Mm -hmm. And then I'm hearing people talk in the hallways, for example. I'm thinking the word of God is coming through human speech. Mm -hmm. Um, The word of God is available to me in the times of prayer and meditation when a thought or a word might sort of circulate in in my head a lot. I think of the word also in terms of creativity, and so as we've been listening to beautiful music, and mm-hmm. thank you, God, people have been putting lots of music out over the internet right now because mm-hmm. we can't have live music, and so I'm aware as I listen to Handel's Messiah, for example, or to the the uh, Christmas Eve from King's College, uh, the word is permeating in the music as well. So... The, the the image of God that is really alive for me in this season is is the Logos, the the Word, and the Word made
0: flesh. The Word made flesh, that that yeah. real full self-revelation of God present in all of you. Yeah. I I loved it that somebody
1: I know translated that piece from the prologue of John's mm-hmm. Gospel, where we are introduced to in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the incredible majestic poem that Mm -hmm. that is and they said and so the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i think that's a message translation yeah i think i think think you're right yeah i just
1: i just love that it it feels so much more intimate and and uh folksy than dwelt among (laughs) us you know it's like moved into the neighborhood I can really get that. Yes, yeah, that's that, wonderful.
0: That seems really, really present in real life. Mm-hmm. So, you know.
1: I should finish up that question by saying that I've been an Episcopalian for all of my seventy almost seventy five years and uh, and I was raised on the prayer book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the language, uh, we we are very language oriented people as as a religious tradition, uh, beginning with the first Book of Common Prayer. And through its various editings and alterations, all of which I welcome and love, by the way, uh, our, our quote, new prayer book is 50 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. We sort of we're sort of not thinking about that, but. I'm welcoming some of the innovative ways that people are taking prayer book resources and moving them forward so that the images and the language and the vocabulary is more uh, accessible to people who are not of English background. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm pleased and thrilled by those changes, even though the prayer book is deep in my bones. The intro to the prayer book says, this prayer book is meant to be changed. As circumstances change. So, thank you, God, for the
0: Holy Spirit working in us. (laughs) Thank you, God, for that. Uh, And so, as a way of beginning talking about keeping the Sabbath holy, if you could describe what keeping the Sabbath is in just a sentence, um, Mm -hmm. just boil it down to one sentence, what would you say? I
1: would say that keeping the Sabbath holy is resting Mm -hmm. as God rested on the seventh day. Resting as God rested on the seventh uh, yeah. day. I think God was trying to, now clearly God does not need to rest. If, if it's God's will and purpose to create without stopping and resting, that God would have done that. But the words that we have received in scripture denote God who rests. Mm. Uh, and the resting is not just resting from work. It's also savoring because ah, God, God God, God okay. saw that creation was very good. And on the seventh day, God saw it was all very good. Mm-hmm. So Sabbath keeping is resting as God rests and savoring uh, what one sees and feels and experiences
0: while resting. Resting as God rested and savoring mm-hmm. each and every yeah. part of creation. You got way. it. Yeah, you got it. that sounds like a very intensely present sort of mm-hmm. practice. Um, sometimes I, I tend to think of rest as, well, I produced, I produced, I produced, you know, I, I was on this wheel doing and doing, and then rest is like, okay, stop or something. But um, it, it seems like what you're saying is more um, rest is bringing you to actually see what's in front of you, to actually yeah. savor what's in front of you. Resting has the
1: quality, if we if we think of resting in the Sabbath keeping context, it has the quality of noticing, noticing, yeah, of, of paying
0: attention. And when is there a time you remember first beginning this in any way, uh, keeping the Sabbath holy as as part of your life?
1: You know, I don't ever remember Savannah not doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was growing up in the places where I lived, my father was a naval officer. And so we lived in all sorts of overseas locations. But one of the things that was a constant was our Sunday practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on Sunday, church attendance was part of, of life. My parents didn't always both go to church because I had younger siblings who often needed one parent at home. But we would have Sunday service. And then we would have a, a family meal. Mm-hmm. And then we would spend the day reading, taking a walk, or in the days before we uh, rationed the gasoline, taking a Sunday drive, maybe going for ice cream, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe going to visit uh, friends or family members. and we we really did spend the day just enjoying the time. Uh, there was no homework expected of us. there were no household chores expected of us. We were meant to just be together mm-hmm. and uh, and to be enjoying the change of pace. But I have that sense from my childhood that the
0: whole world took a pause uh, on on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this came, you know, initially from your childhood, from your parents making space for both worship and this savoring delight uh, uh, space of just enjoying, enjoying yeah, the moment. The, family,
1: the family tradition of, of the different ways to, to enjoy, to mm-hmm. savor the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Now, since I've grown, my Sabbath practices have evolved a lot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you work on Sunday, as clergy do, you have to find another day that is your Sabbath. So nowadays, ever since being ordained almost 40 years ago, Sabbath for me is on Monday. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to leave the church I might be visiting and to have the vestry meeting and have all the things that are part of of a visitation in a parish. It's wonderful to come home on a Sunday night and to know I'm not doing anything until Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's such a great feeling. It's like I, now I can have my Sabbath. I've also, also found that uh, that Sabbath is a, is, is a notion that you can operation, you can operationalize uh, any other time of the week. So for example, if Monday does have some must, actions in it uh then i decide okay i'm going to put the sabbath on this day of the week perhaps friday so sabbath isn't necessarily one day of the week but it is a it's a consecration of time that's 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 the the word i was looking for it acknowledges that there are different kinds of time and uh I, I'm an associate of the Order of the Holy Cross, which is a, a Benedictine order in the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. and the Benedictine way is just wonderful about time, mm-hmm. uh, not only the rhythm of prayer all through the day, but also the rhythm of study, of rest, and of work,
0: and that's all part of the Benedictine whole. This consecration of time, the rhythm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so right now for you, it's usually one day that you take that you set aside um, to hopefully not try and accomplish all the things that you need to get done, but to be very present. Um, yes, in that time, I wonder. Um, I wonder for people who just it may not be possible to take an entire day. Um, it, how would you recommend? Um, perhaps setting boundaries um, to be able to develop uh, a rhythm around this prayer and work and study um, and rest. I should
1: hasten to say, Savannah, that I don't always keep it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes what happens is something urgent comes up on Monday, perhaps involving a family member or a friend, not even necessarily Mm -hmm. something in pastoral ministry. Uh, and then as I'm getting ready to put the Sabbath on another day of the week, I realize all those other days are filled.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've already scheduled them, you know, and it's difficult to unschedule some things that are uh, in the calendar. So then it seems to me what, what is helpful is to say, okay, Wednesday afternoon, I'm going to consecrate the afternoon the whole day isn't going to work, but I'm going to set aside from lunchtime to dinnertime on a particular day. Or for me, because I'm a morning person, uh, having Sabbath in the morning uh, means uh, getting out of bed slowly. Uh, it means kind of reading over a cup of coffee, uh, maybe putting in my earphones and listening to some favorite music. Uh, It may mean taking a walk, but it's possible to declare that the Sabbath is this time to this time Mm -hmm. in one's calendar and and to honor the Sabbath by observing the sorts of rest that we know God invites us to.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful that um, just a consecration of time. I mean, I could think of um days that I called Sabbath, um, that uh, perhaps I moved through the whole day and uh really just, you know, it wasn't um actually restful. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of zoning out or or watching TV or something like that, you know? Um, but this consecration of time that involves savoring um what we have, noticing the gifts that we have, um, that this, uh, requires a, a real presence and a willingness to enter fully into the present moment. Um, and one thing that's striking me now, you know, I think, could I take, a, a Sabbath one hour, right? Mm-hmm. Like an hour that I actually consecrate, um, as time, time for actual Sabbath, um, for For real rest and and renewal. Right. Um, Well,
1: let me urge you to think that through and put that in place if it sounds like it's appealing to you. Mm -hmm. And to everyone who's listening from wherever you are and whenever you're listening, uh, I would urge you to think that Sabbath is different from checking out. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, checking out is something we need to do. Uh, We need to slow down. We need to you know, zone out, uh, check out. Uh, Sabbath is not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabbath is a, is a deliberate uh, kind of use of time uh, to, to savor, to notice, to be present. So if you take a walk on the Sabbath, the, the invitation of the Sabbath is to smell and listen mm-hmm. and see and pause Uh, And allow your senses to be very awakened. Uh, A walk any other time might be just for the purpose of getting from here to there. uh, Or uh, for the purpose of getting some exercise. But a walk in Sabbath time uh, is a real exercise in appreciation, Mm -hmm. uh, in noticing, in allowing your eyes and ears, the feeling of your feet walking on the earth to allow those things to be very vivid for you.
0: Mm-hmm. As you're saying this, I'm wondering how this might relate to worship, um, mm-hmm. but this Sabbath practice in everyday life, um, in daily life, just noticing, being present, savoring the good gifts of uh, creation and of relationships and, and everything around you, um, seeing the word made flesh in mm-hmm. um, stars and in people and everything else um, is a kind of um, participating in God's rest, right. Is a, yes. is a kind of um, worship. And I, I wonder how, um, how our worship um, of God, like in a, in a formal and communal way uh, relates to this this Sabbath savoring of life.
1: You've got me thinking now about worship, Sabbath and and how they they interlock, Mm -hmm. oftentimes uh, corporate worship to kind of narrow the focus a bit. Corporate worship Uh, has about it a different kind of, uh, it's a very relational experience uh, for me. Uh, It's one of the things I really miss as we're not Mm -hmm. together and worship regularly. Uh, And so it has about it a delighting in relationships, uh, in people, uh, noticing people. Uh, The longer the years go by that I am leading worship, I'm realizing how much I pay attention to people who are in worship. And I sort of, I'm an extrovert, so I draw energy from other people. And so I, I kind of notice what sort of energy they have. Are they sad? Are they joyful? Are they pensive? Mm-hmm. And when I can, I try to respond to what I, what I experience uh, as people are kind of in their energy space in worship. It's not. It feels, it feels like work to me, uh, not in a bad sense, but it feels to me like I'm, I'm doing what God called me to do, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm paying a kind of focused pastoral attention, as well as the attention we pay to the movement of the liturgy uh, as it goes by. When I'm in the pew, uh, worship can be a very Sabbath-like experience for me because I, I, I'm i not upfront and responsible. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I welcome those opportunities, but I also, I love the fact that God called me to be a person who leads worship, who leads the community in prayer and worship and praise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the Sabbath, Sabbath has a, a, a bit of worshipfulness to it, but I hadn't equated, and you're not asking me about equating them, but I hadn't really connected Worship and Sabbath keeping in quite the same way. Hmm. Sabbath keeping feels to me like I, I have, uh, I, I'm not responsible for anything except noticing, participating, savoring, experiencing gratitude.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. I mean, one thing I'm thinking about as you're saying all of that, um, especially as you, um, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised to, um, hear you talk about like noticing and worship the other people, especially, um, Mm -hmm. that are there. And it it makes me think of like lots of times that I've had worship in the round, um, in some way, um, and how it's both, um, you know, turning toward God and also, um, these other people that are, uh, I guess, icons of, Mm -hmm. of God, right? Like, um, that we are in some way windows into, um, the heart of God, if, if we're willing to, uh, be in that, um, sort of a savoring space of people, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I wonder, um, hmm, I wonder how, um, practicing Sabbath for a short time, right? Setting aside a specific time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see that drawing um, us into our life as a whole? Um, what kind of a, because it seems like a disposition in a sense, um, a disposition of, of Sabbath keeping. How does that draw us into um, a different disposition to savor all of life? Yes. Uh, one hopes that,
1: I hope, that the practice of public worship when we're around other people uh, reminds us of, of realities that our, our faith imparts to us and holds up for us. It isn't only that we go to worship to be edified and, and informed and formed, but it's also we go to worship to remember Uh, to remember whose we are, Mm -hmm. to remember what has been done for us in the goodness and graciousness of God, uh, to remember that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, moved into the neighborhood. Uh, So we also remember things uh, in worship that we, we just hadn't really forgotten. We just weren't thinking about them at the time. And so we come to worship to kind of be remembered and then the other way that we understand remembering is that we become members of one another, so we are remembered together mm-hmm. in worship as well and I Dietrich Bonhoeffer said something a long time ago in that lovely little book called Life Together." Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Beware the person who cannot be alone because that person cannot be in community mm-hmm. And beware the person who cannot be in community because they cannot be alone. Mm. Now, that's a kind of an extreme way of saying that I trust when I'm together with other people in a corporate setting, that those individuals that I'm together with also have time when they are alone. And when they are alone, they also are aware of how much they cherish opportunities to be together. Mm but we work both sides. We we work the, the aloneness and we work the togetherness and we have to bring our whole self to both of those.
0: Yeah. When you say that, that aloneness and togetherness and bringing both of those, one thing that comes to mind right now is, um, the difference between like learning how to receive, um, our lives, our communities, um, uh, the people around us as a gift and not burden. Mm. Um, and that that seems to be part of, you know, you're talking about this um, savoring. Um, to me, yeah, I'm just making this connection now. Um, savoring, delighting, noticing allows us to receive um, our lives as gift and not burden. Mm-hmm. Um, in ways that we, without the time taken to notice, may not be able to see, um, to see things as gifts.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a matter of perspective of how you, how you interpret what, what you experience and interpreting our experience through the eyes and ears and heart of faith. Uh, just everything is different, uh, through that particular perspective
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and better and more wonderful yeah for sure.
0: and, and yeah and in a sense like more real you know I think um yeah when we talk about worship too um bringing you know saying what is worthy and who we really are you know and mm-hmm. um we're not just here to kind of um produce and consume and um just keep going and going but um you know, when we're remembered um, in in God's life and in the community, um, yeah, there's a different um, um, disposition uh,
1: to all of that. And and circling back, as I know our time is coming to an end, circling back, I would just pose the thought that Sabbath keeping spills over. It, it, it shapes the rest of the time that you're alive and not only the Sabbath that you keep, but Sabbath keeping is a, is a way of assuming a perspective of gratitude and wonder mm-hmm. and, and holiness and word made fleshness mm-hmm. uh, about everything uh, in one's life. And I think that's, for me, that would be uh, what I would say is a particular gift of Sabbath keeping that shapes the rest of your time as well. That gratitude and word made
0: fleshness. I really like that phrase, word made fleshness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for this time. This has been really helpful for me to reflect on as well. Wonderful.
1: Savannah, God bless you for doing this program. I hope that as you do this, not only are people having a chance to share their gifts, but you're also being blessed as well. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So blessings for the rest of Christmas tide uh, and a happy new year to you. Thank you so much. Bye now. Bye.